Hello and welcome to the very first Specky and Paul Top Detailing Podcast. If you don't know who we are already, we'll give you a quick introduction, starting with my good friend Paul. Go ahead, Paul. Uh, hello, everybody. Welcome to the first of many podcasts. Yes, I am that tall, bald bloke from Essex. If you don't know who I am, I am a YouTuber and Instagrammer with a huge passion for detailing. Call me a weekend warrior, or some might say something else. Uh, just this massive passion for detailing and trying to spread the word and not just uh, spread the word in the UK though I'm trying to go global now but uh, yeah this is what I do part-time and during the week I have a full-time job like most people but that's me wicked and I'd like to say I'm the same except I'm not tall and bald I'm short and hairy and I'm pretty much the same idea as Paul I have a day job I am a youtuber an Instagrammer, a weekend warrior, an enthusiast, a lover of all things car care and detailing. And it's really become more than just a hobby for me now. So this is why Paul and I get on so well together, because we have this shared interest. What we're hoping from this podcast is to give you guys an interesting look into the world of car care and detailing from more of a a hobbyist's perspective rather than professionals. That being said, at some point in the future, we would like to bring in some special guests, hopefully some professionals, some other YouTubers, and anybody else who is well-known or important in the space of car care and detailing. So we hope we've got a lot for you guys to look forward to. Anyway, today's topic that we're starting off, and it's going to be a little bit controversial, is about product snobbery. Now this comes from a question that was asked or a topic that was sent to us by somebody which states why do people hate on Autoglim and other so-called high street brands? Is detailing too snobby? So Paul, give us your thoughts on this one. I I think this has come up in the last few years and my personal opinion of it is it's, it's someone's trying something that someone else has not heard of like a you know a brand that's like a let's just say an underground brand a new brand and it's like they've got the rights to it they've been given a first review of a, of a product um for some reason it's always that that sort of pub talk where oh what do you use on your car well i use auto glim what do you use demon shine what do you use well i use this never heard of it ah see you're not in the know are you and there's that kind of snobby golf course talk where it's always like you're pulling the rug from under someone's feet because you know something they don't and that doesn't just go for the products as well that goes for the the comments section we found this out haven't we so you know sometimes when you shoot a video someone will go it's not as good as this it's not as good as that and what's happened is all these new brands have come along and it's kind of made the older brands which got the whole industry started it sort of made them almost like dinosaurs and it's it's an interesting question because i was contacted i mean i think you've had this as well but by mark from autoglim um i was contacted him uh, very recently he said would i be interested in some stuff that is coming up um at some point in the near future and I, i'm quite honored to be fact you know for the, the fact is they've been around so long i'm really honored to, to be doing it they're a big brand, yep. you know, Turtle Wax are huge, we know that, you've been involved with Turtle Wax. Nobody can see this, but Craig's actually wearing a, um, <laughs> a Turtle Wax. <laughs> I happen to be wearing a, a, yes, a, a Turtle Wax uh, baseball cap. A turtle right wax, now, yes. Yeah, Turtle Wax baseball cap. So I think it's it's a kind of, um, almost like a one-upmanship 
and it, it's probably gone a bit too far um, because these brands do make some really good things. Um, there's so many brands out there which which, which will came before these little cottage industries. I mean, I'm a massive believer in all the small brands, and so are you. you we've tried some really amazing stuff, but there is this Absolutely. there is an element of snobbery in the whole industry where you've got the weekend warriors like myself and you, the the hobbyist out there, and you've got the professionals. And there is a there is a fine line between them, and I I have utmost respect for anyone that does this you know in a professional capacity, uh, and they don't really deal with the brands that we deal with because they're dealing with a bigger brand or someone they they trust more. It's um, perhaps financial suicide in a way if they suddenly swap to like a smaller brand, so they sort of stay where they are. So there is that that question of snobbery, yes, and um, it needs to stop. Really, it's a bit childish, to be honest with you. Yeah, I'll be perfectly honest that I think most of us who get into car care start with brands that are you know brands like Autoglim, because that's the kind of thing you're going to find in a shop, in a supermarket, in Halfords, whatever. I think that's going to be kind of the the first pilgrimage. When you get a car and you want to get into car care, the first place you go is down the high street to Halfords and check out what they've yep. got on offer. And Autoglim didn't get as big as they are for nothing. They are big, they are huge because their products are good quality, because they're easy to use, they will give you good results. So we really do owe a lot to brands like them. Now, I think where the snobbery comes in is when you start to pick up something which has either got better value for money or delivers a better result than what you're going to get from some of these high street brands. And as soon as that happens, I do think that many people will then completely discount the old brands. Now, Turtle Wax didn't do themselves any favours where their line had their product line had stagnated for a very long time. They hadn't brought anything out new. And then suddenly in the past few years they've been hitting us with newer, better things and they are becoming more relevant again. And Autoglim are doing the very same thing. They still have their base, their core products, which they know are going to work really well. And they still do to this day. But you and I, we've tried so many different products and we could definitely say that there's there's products out there which are going to be better at what they do compared to something like Autoglim. But that snobbery shouldn't really exist because... Although you might find something that's better, it doesn't mean that the thing that's not as good is a bad product. And I think that's where people take it a little bit too far. So there are many people say, yeah, well, you know, I tried Autoglim Super Resin Polish, but now I've tried X product and it's way better. In their yeah. mind, their their perception of Super Resin Polish has known, has now gone down so far that they're probably going to call it rubbish and they're going to completely discard it. And they may well slag off people who do still enjoy using these products. Now, it's, it's something I've definitely seen firsthand in, in my own products. When I've done reviews about brands like these, I have really noticed a bunch of comments that have come through and someone said, ah, well, you know, that's a lot of rubbish that is now because now I use this. No, the product isn't rubbish. And I'll tell you, it's interesting that we are revisiting many of these brands and discovering or rediscovering them with a fresh pair of eyes and thinking to ourselves, wow, this is really good. Case in point was Luke and Michael, their uh, tranquility-based detailing video. They did a video recently about super resin polish. 
And they said it's a fantastic product and they showed it in a fantastic way. They really gave a good view of what made that product good, what made it usable, was user friendly, showed the before and after. Honestly, if you weren't told that it was Autoglim's product, you could be forgiven for thinking it was someone else's. But again, yeah. it's that that slight snobbery that turns people's noses up at it and says, oh, no, no, that's not for me. Well, I keep saying this to people, that it's 90% um, application and 10% product, which people might find a bit frightening if you're sitting there listening at home thinking, wow, you know, I always thought it was a, it was, the margins were smaller. But it's, you know, you can go out there with a very, very expensive bit of kit. You can have everything to your disposable and make a right hash of it, to be honest with you. And then the guy next door can be using products which are two or three quid and his car can look amazing. Yeah. A lot of it is about is it's about application and the you know the way you do things, the method, how you set your set your um, products up, uh, whether you do it in the sun, whether you do it in the shade, the condition of the paint, how long you take. It's all about technique at the end of the day. Um, lots of people look at my cars and go, "Oh wow, look amazing! Look at the gloss. You know, they're dripping in gloss. There, how do you get it like that? It's really quite simple. It's not rocket science. It's just." learning to use the products in the right order and that's absolutely eat, sleep and repeat with our videos it tends to be the same in most videos um i think we've um pretty much covered that and we really yeah i think that's fair i think we've, we've got that so basically snobbery is stupid if you use the product before you use a better product now don't give the old product a hard time sometimes it's worth revisiting them to get uh, a fresh idea a fresh opinion on them honestly i think it's it's a little bit ridiculous. Uh, what's the next topic we're going to move on to now? Oh, I'm going to throw this one in here. Iron fallout removers before washing. <laughs> oh, no. We've... Not this old ch- not this old chestnut. <laughs> <laughs> this one. Oh. Okay, so let's just bring people up to speed. If you guys don't already know, Paul and I have already spoken about this on the Stereo app. So feel free to give us a follow over there. And we will be making some stereo chats available on this podcast platform as well for any of you who have missed out on it. Essentially what happened though was that there was a bit of something came up with another brand. I'm not going to explain that brand right now, but they mention on their bottle that you should be using this product, this iron fallout remover, before you wash your car. Now, for time's sake, I'm just going to condense it down and basically say that every professional I had spoken to said that that's not the way to do it. You should always clean your car first. I then put out a poll on my Instagram asking, would you use an iron fallout remover before or after the wash? 27 or 28 people said before and 120 something said after. So the general consensus is to use it after. And this is something that I've now seen a second brand uh, recommend the same thing. And this is really starting to bug me. Yeah. Paul's putting faces here. Yeah. So there's there's two high street brands which are claiming on their packaging that you can use, that you should use these before you wash your car because it's a pre-wash product. So let me just ask you this, Paul. What issues, what problems could you possibly see arising from using an iron fallout remover before a wash compared to after well for the one thing it's it's not using it in the correct way it was designed to be used it's it's designed to dissolve iron fallout from the clear coat on your car or single stage if you've got single stage paint and this is done 
after all your washes. Now your pre-wash is obviously the first one. Even before that, a rinse down. Then you're, if you're using TFR or citrus or snow foam, you get that out of the way. You then do your two bucket wash and then you start decontaminating. Now, some people do it where they do the iron fallout first. They might do the tar spot removal first. My argument is it's pretty much a waste of money using an iron fallout remover on a filthy car that's masked with grime, which is embedded in the clear coat. This is even before the, the clay bar stage. If you don't know what clay barring is, then I highly recommend it, but you must polish your car after. Yep. You'll be surprised the amount of runk, rubbish and junk which is lifted from your clear coat. It's quite scary. So I do believe that the, the manufacturers of these products... I'm not saying they don't know what they're doing because that would be quite harsh and quite a strong argument, but it does seem to be they've got their wires crossed in what this is actually designed to do. It's a, it's a stage that we do as detailers, and we do it because before we machine polish a clear coat, we don't want any contaminants that are going to end up scrubbing into the clear coat via the pad on the polisher. Well, here's my, my argument, or not an argument, but here's my opinion on why I think they've said this, is that you'll have seen it before on advertising for an iron fallout remover. Okay? Let's let's set up the picture for a moment here, Paul. If you went about this the right way, well, let's, let's talk about doing your wheels, for example. Because, let's be honest, when people advertise an iron fallout remover, yeah. they generally advertise it being used on wheels. Mainly because that is where you're going to find the majority of your iron fallout. Yeah, dirty wheels, I might add as well to get that whole bleeding shot. Well, this is we'll get to that. We'll get to that in a minute. The, the purpose I want to say here is right. Okay, let's say you are doing this. Let's say you're cleaning your wheels. So your first thing to do when you're cleaning your wheels, what is the very first step you're going to take? Rinse them down. Rinse them down. Okay, knocking off the loose dirt, getting rid of some of the stickier dirt that might be pushed off with the pressure of the pressure yeah, washer. Eight piece, eight piece in the so, size, then maybe a, then a wheel cleaner, or maybe a, a strong, strong TFR. Yeah, there you go. So you've got a wheel cleaner of some sort, some sort of strong detergent type product, and you're going to be scrubbing it with some sort of wheel brush. So you're going to be chemically attacking it, then you're going to be mechanically attacking it and get rid rid of as much dirt as possible. So that's fine, got yep. no issue with that there. Then you're going to get round to eventually putting your iron fallout remover on there. Now, what does that look like when you spray an iron fallout remover on a wheel you've cleaned? What would it look like a, you would normally see? You'd normally get a reaction, a dark colour, depending on the brand, but it's normally, it's normally purple or, or black, isn't it? You get a reaction come through. And how widespread would that be? Would it be super thick, caked on, as if someone had just painted your wheel purple? Or would it be more like no. little flecks here and there? No, it's flecks, and normally you'd see the nice, clean wheel in the background. Absolutely. So that, that's basically what you'd see. And the so, same on the, on the clear coat on the body. Exactly. So... Why is it then that when companies advertise their iron fallout removers, they always advertise them on a dirty wheel where the entire wheel lights up bright red purple and bleeds off and people go, oh, look at that, that's fantastic, it's really doing a great job. Then they're going to rinse it off and it's going to look clean. It's not clean. It never was clean. They didn't clean it beforehand and it's an incredibly unrealistic demonstration of what these iron fallout removers do. And I think that that is where this company have gone with their idea. By spraying it onto a dirty car, there is more likelihood of you seeing that reaction and appreciating it more. 
yeah, I mean, especially if that car's been parked somewhere, that it's going to get a lot of fallout as well. And, it, you know, it's, it's never been touched. Um, they'd normally do it on a really crappy car anyway, don't they? And same as they do with wheels to get that whole sort of, let's call it the Instagram shot because they do the same with snow foam, let's be honest. Um, you know, and, and it, yeah, it is purely for advertising. It, that's all it is. It's, it's just a gimmick to get it, um, get the bottles off the shelves, to be honest with you. It really is, but as you said, the the value for money situation, the cost of these products, if you were to use an iron fallout remover as a pre-wash product, let's be perfectly honest, practically every pre-wash product that you and I use, they're dilutable. So we will use a traffic film remover, which is dilutable. We will use a snow foam, which is dilutable. We'll use an all-purpose cleaner. We'll use a citrus pre-wash. We never use any of these neat, but this company wants us to use an iron fallout remover neat, on the paint, and as you know, you could go around with something like that with a pre-wash product in a 500ml bottle, you're practically going to use that entire bottle. You'll rip for it. You'll literally... Yeah, tear, absolutely. Or to, to coin one of my YouTube phrases, tear the arse out of it. Yeah, well, this is it. Exactly, you will. And that is the problem. I mean, it happened to me today. I was using an all-purpose cleaner on Natalie's car while I was filming. Instead of a pre-wash product, I used an APC, and 500ml barely did the whole Fiesta. So that in itself tells you something. Why would you choose to use an iron fallout remover as a pre-wash product? I would be very interested to see a panel, which let's do it. Let's say a side by side. We'll do a front door and a back door and we'll do the front door dirty and we'll spray the iron fallout remover on there. And I'm sure we're going to get a reaction. Then we'll wash the rear door and spray the iron fallout remover on there, which I'm sure gonna, we're probably going to get a reaction as well. I was gonna, I was gonna say nobody likes dirty back doors. Well, this is it. Yeah, that, that's a t-shirt idea right there for you. <laughs> <laughs> there is some merch. There is some merch coming, by the way, oh, and some yeah. competitions. <laughs> yeah, definitely. We're gonna we're gonna have something like this. We, we're gonna have to have some innuendos on there for sure. So yeah, so you're gonna have different doors which are going to be either washed or not washed. Uh, what I'd be very interested to see is after then rinsing off and then washing the front door again and spraying iron fallout remover on there again, would you see a second reaction? I think this is something that we're going to have to tackle in a video at some point to be 100% sure. Because know, I'm going to always give I'm... everyone the benefit of the doubt and at least yeah. give it a try. Okay. Well, that's that one um, released into the public domain so everyone can <laughs> fight. <laughs> Every one of these detailers and people on their driveways going, what? Yep. Shouting and chucking their mitts in the air and kicking buckets <laughs> over. I can't believe this. Who does that? Anyway, well, that's speaking, that subject. Speaking of the, the detailers and the, uh, the weekend warriors out there on their driveway, let's talk about pre-washed products for a moment. Your snow foam, do you prefer... Or do you think it makes a difference whether a snow foam is thick and clingy or if it's thin and runny? Normally, if it's thick and clingy, a bit like myself, yeah. um, then it, 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 hang the, yeah, it, it, dwells <laughs> for, it, it dwells for longer. Now, the reason for this is great if you're using citrus underneath because you've already put a base product on. Now, if you don't watch... Some of our videos, which I urge you should do, uh, please go subscribe to both our channels. Um, <laughs> if you lower, plugs, spray, we're allowed to plug our own videos on here. <laughs> we can. 
<laughs> if you spray the lower panels and the tailgate and the front, you know, the front grill with a citrus or maybe a TFR if you're doing a one hit, if it's going to be really, you know, mingy or a bug cleaner, like bug off, you can then go over the top with a snow foam. Now, if it's a thick snow foam, brilliant. It's going to dwell longer. It's going to allow the product underneath to attack the grime, soften it, make it easier to power wash off. When it comes to the thinner ones, nine times out of ten, these thinner snow foams have probably got more, shall we say, leaning towards alkaline products in them. Mm-hmm. So they tend, to, they tend to run off quicker, and people go, oh, it's not very thick. But then if you take something like Bill, Bill Hamber, it's not very thick. It stinks to high heaven, but it cleans. Absolutely. And what do we actually want it to do? We want it to get rid of the rubbish, the junk, off the clear coat before we put our hand anywhere near the car. That's the whole thing about snow foam. Some people think that snow foam is just for for pictures for some of them reason. They think it's got to look like the Gillette advert. You know, they've got to turn their car into a marshmallow. Well, for one thing, your neighbours won't thank you. Well, mine won't. Um, <laughs> they should be. They should be used to it right now. I've got new neighbours as well. Brilliant. Oh, that's, that's going to go down really well. Try not to get snow foam on their cars, eh? <laughs> exactly. Um, so. Yeah, in my opinion, if it's thin, it's normally got a decent amount of cleaning ability. In most cases, not always the case. So for for me, it's got to work. I don't care if it looks like Gillette, and I don't care if it looks like skim milk, to be honest with you. If it cleans, that's all I'm worried about. Well, here's a question for you then, because we, we like to go around, when you're doing a more of a detail... We like to go around the door shuts, the not so much the door shuts, but the... The trim, the window rubbers, the badges. Uh, indicators, badges, all these areas. When would you do that? Would you do that? And this is something that's come up recently. Uh, someone else asked me, would you do that during the snow foam stage? Or would you do that during the wash stage? There's an argument here that you mar the paint. You can mar the clear coat. Let's get the, the terminology right. Um Depending on how liberal you are with your brushes... Hang on, we're in the UK here. It's lacquer, by the way. Oh, sorry, <laughs> lacquer. Um, if, it's, if you've got a hog's hair brush and it's fairly soft and you're going around the grill areas, it doesn't really matter. When you start doing badges, say on inner wings, sorry, on yeah, on wings, on the, on the front of the car, on the rear, on the trunk, if you live in the US, boot, normal people. Um, <laughs> then, normal. Yeah, then... <laughs> Then you may get some marring. You may, but it's the amount of lubric- the, the lubricants that are in that snow foam. I very much doubt it. That car would have to be horrendously covered in grime. And if it's that bad, it would have to be like full of sand or something. Yeah. And if it? it's that bad, what are you going to do before? You're going to power wash it off anyway. So it's it- well, that's it. You're going to remove most of it during your pre-rinse process. Yeah, I think so. I think people- the only bits that are left with a soft brush there's going to be very little there yeah. my the rubbers on the metro um if, if those of you don't know my wife's got a, a metro and that's not a euthanism that's she's got a <laughs> she's, i don't call it that i'm sure it's not called a metro it's called something else we have different names for lady gardens but it's not it's, it's not called a metro anyway her car the metro the road the, the easy come on this is a family show um that has got terrible door rubbers. They are awful, absolutely awful, and they you, you get all sorts of stuff in that the grime. I found a fox in there the other day. I had to get rid of him. 
And don't talk to me about hedge. <laughs> don't talk to me about hedgehogs because I got to feed a hedgehog later. It's called Harry. Oh God, that's oh dear me. That made me laugh. I'm crying. Could have been worse. Could have been Barry the Beaver. <laughs> Let's not go there. He's moved out. For goodness sake, this He's is moved out. pre-watershed, this is. Yeah. Oh, anyway. dear Lord. All right. So, okay. Uh, gonna, let's go over this are one. Are we going to dive into the questions soon? Yes. Because um, we've got some very, very interesting questions. Yeah, definitely. We're going to have some questions coming up soon. And uh, keep an ear open if we happen to ask one of yours. So something else I want to talk about here. And this one might blow your mind just a little bit. It's... To do with whether or not people are actually doing the job they're supposed to be doing with the right kind of training. It's entirely possible that you or I could advertise ourselves as being detailers and we could certainly get out there and do work for people who don't really know what detailing is. Okay, There's no certification really that's required. There's no registration required with your local council or the government or anything like that to do this kind of work. So we could offer our services to practically anybody. This this one, I just want to see what your reaction is. Someone mentioned on a, a forum asking whether or not a ceramic coating should be applied to a car before you polish it. This came from a professional, in inverted commas, detailer. Oh, dear. That's... Uh, are, my, are my headphones working all right? Did I hear that right? <laughs> yes. Has the blue has the Bluetooth broke? Um, that is insane. Um, it wasn't it wasn't the same one that said, "How do I get tar spots off this ceramic coated car?" Was it? <laughs> I actually think it might be. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it could be the same number. Um, we need to find out where that guy lives, and you know, send him a leaflet from Specsavers. My God, steal all of his products. Um, he doesn't deserve to touch any of them. No, that's that's just insanity. That's just that's yeah. For those of you who don't know um, why you actually polish a car, and most people listening to this will <laughs> pretty much know why they polish a car, is to clarify your lacquer, your clear coat in your car, to present the colour underneath in the best pro- possible way. So when you get your car and you pick it up from the dealer or you buy it second hand, it's got marks all over it. Love marks, swirls, scratches, and you can actually lower, which is a very, very silly word to use, really, I suppose, you are effectively shaving the lacquer down, aren't you? When you're, you're machine yeah, polishing. Don't yeah. get me wrong. You're not going out with you know your your wife's bick. You're not. <laughs> you know you're not you're not in it. Um, you're literally machining it down to clarify it. And I've, I've tried to explain this. It's a bit like peeling an onion when you're trying to peel back the layers and, and get to the the good bit, if you know what I mean. And that's basically yeah. what you're doing. The enhancement and protection at the end is the ceramic coating, the LSP, last stage protection. We're going to hear this word a lot, a lot of terminology on this. We should have subtitles, really, for this. We should, yeah. But Mainly that's... because nobody can understand an Essex lad. <laughs> exactly. So, <laughs> so um, to say they've ceramic a car without machine polishing it or even, dare I say, hand polishing it is just ludicrous. Ceramic coatings are not cheap. They are not no. cheap, you know, and some of these are a lot of money, and they can last up to five years plus. And I know a good friend of mine, uh, Boyd, um, BR Car Detailing. He will get a car in for three and four, five days, and then he'll get you know give it a ceramic coating that can last up to five years plus. Um, so here's you- a question: How do you feel though about ceramic coating a car outdoors? 
Personally, I think it's it's doable if all right if if you have like a gazebo and you've got panels on the gazebo and you are really pushed for space. I mean, I've got no um, I've got a garage here. I've got the Pratt Cave, obviously where all my stuff is, um, but I haven't actually got a gazebo. I am looking to get one, but would I do a ceramic coating in that? Depending on temperature, probably. But the main thing is is the contaminants in the air. Now, that's right. Yeah. Depending on when you do your car. Um, now, now I live in the middle of nowhere. I live um, right out. I live out right in the sticks. Um, when they do the fields, when it's pollen season, if you're ceramic oh, yeah, coat, pollen. you know, and you go start ceramic coating a car outside, and you know. John up the road starts cutting his lawn and he's got like a bowling green. It starts chucking up dust everywhere or someone's got a barbecue next door and all this stuff is, you know, this is a bit of an exaggeration, but it can happen. The stuff's floating through the air. You might have trees near you. Then that's going to stick in that ceramic coating. And you might not know, you know, you might even, you might be around the front of the car. You might be moving on to another panel and something, it might just get in there for some unknown reason. And you've been spending probably 10, 15, 20 hours plus machine polishing this car and that last thing you put on, that glass coat, the cherry on the cake, and you go and do yeah. that, that's all your work down the pan. So I understand that businesses, you know, they do struggle. One-man bands, valeting detailers, mobile detailers, driveway detailers. Units are hellishly expensive. Rent on units yeah, are, are extortionate. So I can understand why people have to do it, but I would think try and avoid it like the plague. Try and avoid it. All right. That's the only positive yeah, person that- point of view. I, I definitely would agree with you there. I think that the whole environmental contamination is what you're trying to avoid. I mean, and yet I'm not a detailer, and I I still know I don't think I would ever do that. It would definitely have to be some sort of, as you say, a gazebo or some sort of car cover yeah. of sorts to yeah. make sure that none of that gets ruined because any kind of dust that falls there and gets covered with your ceramic coating realistically that's not going to be removable with anything else other than machine polishing it off again yeah exactly. that's going to be your issue yeah uh here's a weird question before we move on to uh, the q a section water beading good or bad well it, it it's good but it's not the be all and end all because sheeting is better than beading like that's, that's the what... trouble is we love good beading I think there's a lot of taking pictures of funny little water bit, bits on the bonnet, you know. It's but just, we do. We, yeah. It's um, very Instagrammable. It's very shareable to say, check out my latest protection. Ooh, look at the beads. Aren't they pretty? You and I know for a fact the beads are actually a bad idea. For yeah. the people that are listening to this and questioning where we're coming from with this, the problem with beads is that because they sit on your paint and they don't move... Eventually, if the temperature changes, they're going to dry out and anything that's held within that water, whether it be mineral deposits from your local water supply or dust that's been carried down with the rain, anything at all that's been held in that water, as soon as it evaporates, it gets left on your panel and you get water spots. And that is what we don't want. So sheeting is what we're looking for, something that lays flat and then rolls off or runs off your paint. That's what we're looking for. So why is it then that so many products boast beading qualities when it's the kind of thing that we don't actually want in the industry? 
Really good question. I use the product today, and I'm probably, you know how far behind I am on, on using products, um, Beadmaker, mm. P&S Beadmaker. But I used it. I saw, yes, I saw that you'd, you'd put it yeah. on there. How did you get on with that? Well, I used it dry before on the Skoda, just on a test panel. I didn't like it. I found it a bit streaky, a bit, yeah. bit messy, and you have to level it with a damp microfiber, then buff it off with a dry one. Um, on a wet panel, fantastic. Really easy to use. Really? Really easy, because I did read it before, because I'd never used it. Um, and it was really good. It was really, really glossy, and it's mainly the slickness on the on the panel, which you feel. It, it works. That's what everyone I, talks about with beadmaker, is it's all about the slickness. It is, but then we know that there's other products that do very much the same thing. I mean, I was using uh, ODK Solo um, a little while ago on the Voxel Adam, which I put up. And everyone was highly. That's right. That looked great, by the way. That looked fantastic. What an easy product to use. A one, a one hit, one hit wonder. You just pick it up, spray it. There's no leveling. There's no streakiness. You don't have to mist it with a with water spray, which you do with turtle wax. Um, it's not fussy at all. And yeah, bead maker's pretty much better. If I think if you use it on a wet car, and it, obviously it's going to dilute it slightly, but it seems to yeah. tr- travel. On, much better with water on the panel than it does on a dry car, personal preference. Anyway, move along the bus. What's the next one? Interesting, that one. Okay, yeah, I've got some beadmaker. I need to get around to trying that at some point. I've had it for a very long time. Give it a good uh, shake. I've never tried it. Give it a good shake before yeah, well, you use it. That's what I'd heard someone else said. Mm. Someone else said you should definitely do that. Okay. Um, let's talk about uh, pre-washes for a moment. Uh, given your choice, your preference, I know you like citrus. I know yes. you like snow foam. Mm. I know that from time to time you like a good TFR. All right. Yeah. Let's say you had to just knock it down to one. You could only have one. What would it be? For long-term use, a citrus product. Yeah, to be, to I would f- agree. Yeah, to be fair, because it, it's so multi-purpose, isn't it? You can use it on the interiors, door jams. You can use it on... Um, carpets mm, limit. You can limit the use on carpets, but because it foams up quite a bit, if you use an extraction machine, yeah. I wouldn't uh, recommend it. Um, but door cards, vinyls, that sort of thing, it smells nice and it's it, it works better than snow foam. To be honest with you, TFR long term use, perhaps not. Um, it, it's it's strong. It can produce staining and all sorts of problems. So yeah, I'd probably use um, citrus. Yeah, I mean, I've got a certain love for. TFRs to a certain degree when I'm looking for something that's just got the biggest amount of welly ever it's going to be a TFR if you want to just strip off all the dirt and probably most of the LSP that was on the car as well that's going to be the one to go for but as you say you can't use that long term if you like something to be well maintained you can't keep throwing TFR at it all the time and by the same token snow foam doesn't always have the same cleaning power it's probably got the least cleaning power of the three so realistically i think citrus is the way to go but you and i we're pretty much the same in the the worst weather we're going to want citrus and uh a snow foam of some sort just to stop it from drying out and keep it dwelling all right let's move on to some questions now that have been submitted to us by the very kind people out there in instagram land and uh let's let's cover a few things just uh see what we've got here now i got asked uh, a lot less questions than you did but then again, yeah, I've actually got more than I thought I did. Um, I left it running for a while. So let's see. Here's a question from Joseph Cool. Great question here. A question for you. How did you originally hook up with Paul Dolden? 
Ooh. And um, this one's a difficult one to figure out, actually. I'm not sure at what point we we got together and, and started chatting more. I think it was just comments on Instagram from time to time. And I was commenting on your videos. You were commenting on some of mine. So we got to know who each other was from there. And I think we just started exchanging a few messages yeah, via every in- now and then. I think it was via Instagram, by the uh, direct messaging service, which if yeah. th- those of you don't know what that is, that's not just for porn. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> I had a very, very weird experience with D- a DM yesterday, which resulted in me cutting them off very, very quickly. And uh, they didn't Oh, have- dear God. I didn't have many posts up. That doesn't leave any. There seems to be a massive problem on there at the moment. It is on my on my page anyway. That's a different story. But um, yes, well, that's, that's not what I was messaging you about. That's for damn sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so God, he's gone up. Hey, Baldy. It's gone up in my estimations. Um, <laughs> so yeah, that was via it was via Insta. Yeah, yeah, it, I think it was via Insta. We just started chatting. And interestingly enough, I think we started speaking not that long before Waxstock 2019. And uh, yeah. I think it must have been like the, the beginning of that year. We really started talking more regularly. Yeah. And then we said, look, we'll, we'll be catching up at Waxstock. And uh, you very kindly came on and had a wee interview sort of chat with me on my camera when I turned up there, the first time ever going to Waxstock and the first time ever interviewing anybody. Very brave And man. all I can say, the main thing I took away from that interview was how much like Gandalf and Frodo we were for how tall you are compared to how short I am. Uh, I couldn't even get a good angle on the camera. You were so massive. Well, I thought you were standing in a hole, to be honest with you. <laughs> I felt like it. <laughs> I bloody well felt like it. That was the problem. Good God. But yeah, that was... We, we just... Paul and I hit it off because we have very many similar views on things. Yeah. We share similar interests. We we share same ideas. By the same token, we have certain opinions where one says one thing and the other says another, and we talk about it. We don't just slag each other off and say, oh, you're an idiot for thinking that. We we talk about it, and, and we say, no, that's a fair point. That's, that's interesting that you see it like that. And... You know, we've learned, I've certainly learned a lot from Paul, um, and he's probably learned about how not to make videos from watching mine. So I think it's gone down pretty well. We've we've just really clicked very nicely. I will say this, not everyone knows this, but Mr. Specky here, Specky McDonough, as I call him, um, he is Nobody's going to know my name now. (laughs) (laughs) He, Everyone's going to be Googling Specky McDonut. <laughs> when I first started, well, when I used to do YouTube when with Windows Movie Maker, which, by the way, is the equivalent of a Casio watch for video editing, <laughs> I then got into Sony Vegas. Now, if you're not a geek and don't understand Sony Vegas, Sony Vegas allows me to do overlays, and, and I noticed straight away people were more engaging and they liked the videos more, the format's easy to understand. And I was literally on the phone to Specky every day saying, you know, where does this plug go? How do I do this? How do I do this? And if it wasn't for him, I wouldn't be doing the stuff I'm doing now. So I've actually learned from him. So we've bounced off each other. So it's a kind of a two-way affair, isn't it? Not an affair. That's the wrong word to use. 
Jesus Christ. No, but two-way, I'm not entirely sure it's two-way. I still haven't received any royalties for um, providing any of those services, by the way. No. So uh, we'll just leave that one there. Is that, is that a time? Is that a time? I'm, is, hang on. <laughs> Someone calling my name. Uh, <laughs> I've, got a, I've got a call coming through. <laughs> oh, dear. All right, let's let's um, let's see what, uh, what else questions we've got here. As it's your first podcast, and this is from Waxylicious, question for you both. What got you into detailing and when? As a follow-up, he also asks, what was your first detailing, in inverted comments, product uh, purchase? The very first he used was Autoglam HD Wax. So what got you into it, Paul, very quickly? Um, I've I've told this before on a previous podcast with the uh, the detailing uh, guys, the detailing podcast. It was a friend of mine. Short story is he had a Subaru Impreza, and he got into it, and he started doing clay barring and machine polishing and all the rest of it. And he said, you really want to have a go at this, Paul. It's brilliant. Look at my car. And I was like, wow, how did you get that car looking like that? And then we got talking, and and then I started doing my own thing. I got self-taught on a rotary, um, and I just I went from there. And then I joined Instagram. I think I was about 44, 43 when I joined Instagram, so quite a late bloomer. And I know everyone, I didn't know that Instagram was around in the seventies. Well, I know everyone thinks I'm twenty six, <laughs> but there you go. Um, they've either got glaucoma or, or learning difficulties. I don't know. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, or both. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> I got into it. That um, that's the first part of the question. Is what was the second one? That was the product, wasn't it? Yeah. The second. What was your first inverted comments detailing? Inverted comments. Inverted commas detailing purchase. It was actually AM Glaze because I remember getting it. Because and the reason I remember getting it is because um, dear Alan at AM Details, and I hope he's listening, um, smashing guy. He phoned me up and we had a very long conversation, and he kind of got me into YouTube as well. He said, "Go and do it." Um, and Ron Valetnova got me into doing the lives on Instagram and um, and and YouTube. To be honest with you, people, yeah, you need it when you get to a certain age. You need to. It's either do it or, you know, regret it and don't do it. And it's the best thing I've ever done, ever. Yeah, absolutely. It's fantastic. All right. I would say uh, my story for getting me into detailing, I had a Hyundai i20. Again, I've told this story before. Sorry. Uh, did did you say, say, hang on a minute. Did you say Hyundai? I said a Hyundai, yes. What's wrong with that? I might might just take these back. These these are cracking up. It sounded like you said Hyundai. I said Hyundai. What's wrong with saying Hyundai? Nothing. Carry on. What what would you call it? You better not say Hyundai, for God's sake. No. Right, anyway. Go on then. I had a Hyundai i20, or Hyundai, if you want to call it that. I-20. God damn it, let's keep saying this over and over again. Uh, it was a little red one. It was a lovely car. It was one of the nicest cars I'd ever owned. And I was washing it one day. I decided to give it a really good wash. And after cleaning it and drying it with a cheap drying towel from Asda... I looked at the paint closer and I could see these little black specks. I didn't know what they were and I wasn't sure what it was. So I went inside and I googled it. And the most common response said tar spots. And I thought, alright, how do I deal with tar spots? And it said buy a tar remover. And it also mentioned decontamination. So I followed what is decontamination. And sure enough, it talks about uh, clay bars and iron fallout remover. An iron fallout remover sounded a little bit scary to me, so I didn't go down with that, but it led me to my first detailing purchases, which were a tar remover and a clay bar. And it completely changed my world because after using those and looking at the the condition of the clay bar afterwards and looking at the condition of the paint, 
I was overwhelmed at how good the paint actually looked. Suddenly it was nicer, it was brighter, it was clearer. And it just led me down the rabbit hole of of detailing. It just got more and more exciting. The more I read about it, the more interesting it got. So that's my little story. I think that's what gets people um, into it. And when they first realise, they, they look at their car and they think, wow, that doesn't, you know, this doesn't look like the same car. And then they think, well, what does this product do? What does this product do? You know, oh, what's this and what's this? And they do fall into this and it is highly addictive. It is um, obsessive to an extent. It can drive you nuts sometimes. Uh, yeah. When you're doing it, I live this seven days a week, 24 hours. You know, I'm not a professional. I've got to, we've got to state this: we are not professionals. We're weekend Absolutely warriors not. with a huge passion for it, and um, it doesn't matter what you drive either. As well, I'm still driving my Skoda. Um, it doesn't matter if you drive a Ferrari or a Skoda or an Escort or whatever you drive, or a Hyundai, even. An escort? God, you're showing your age there, Paul. Come on. I know, I know. I wish I still had one. Blimey, we have a fortune. Yeah. Let's see, we've got a question here from the Speed 6 podcast, guys. Yay, Very good Speed question Six. here, I like this. Awesome. Good lads. Uh, they said, we've got a question. Would you ever consider a podcast collab with a certain group of wafflers? Uh, absolutely, 100%, yeah. because we're all about the community. Yep. Paul and I are, are not just about ourselves. We love getting the community involved. We're always on live chats and all sorts of things. And we're always getting people involved in this. We want to know what people are up to. We want to know what people think about things. We love spreading the word and we love hearing the word from other people as well. So we're all about the community, 100%. So guys, if you're up for it, we are down. Just let us know where and when and we will figure out when we can get there. Can, can you ask them where my shampoo went? <laughs> they probably felt bad like if they were going to send you one but not send me one so they're like nah let's just leave it yeah <laughs> um another question from jake cheshire who also takes part in the uh, speed six podcast he does indeed. he's got a really good question here what would you rather not apply lsp to the paintwork or a tire dressing to your tire that's easy tire dressing oh you went the other way i'd say lsp really Nah, yeah. tire dressing. All right, let me explain my madness for a moment, okay? Tire dressings. I always said this before. Um, I said this in a, in a video a long time ago. If you don't dress your tires, but you make your car look good, it's like wearing a nice Armani suit and trainers. Okay, it doesn't work. Because your tires, if your tires are not dressed and not looking awesome, then it lets down the rest of the car. It really lets it down. So, here's my my idea. I will always dress my tyres. No LSP is fine by me as long as I'm allowed a quick detailer. Because let's be honest, QDs yeah. nowadays contain loads of sealant abilities, right? And loads of hydrophobic abilities. And they will seal your paint to a certain extent. Even the shortest ones, if it's only weekly, I'm fine by that. It's still going to make the car look nice. But I'm not worried about the super long-term protection if I'm allowed to keep washing my car regularly and putting a QD on top. But is Jake saying he doesn't want you to touch the body? Is he saying, because you've just said LSP, now LSP, yeah, see, you've been a bit sneaky there. No, I yes, I am. I'm being a little bit sneaky. But we know for a fact that there are QDs out there that don't contain yeah. any kind of protection ability or contain the most minor amount. Would you classify that as an LSP? Mm. I would say no. It's a cleanser 
It's a brightener to an extent, a gloss enhancer perhaps, but does it actually contain protection? They're not advertised as protection products, All right. but waxes yeah. and sealants and coatings are. I'll let you off this one. So, yeah, I'm going to go with a loophole there. Mm. So you would rather have a really nice looking car, but your tires look like hell. And I would rather have my tires looking nice and shiny and my car also looking shiny. It just won't look shiny for a very long time. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be very, very sneaky here and chuck something right in, the, right in the mix. I'm not mm. going to use a dressing. I'm going to use a conditioner. From, <laughs> from Garage Therapy. From Garage Therapy. Tire Serum. Oh, that's, that's really poking. That's poking a loophole there. That really yeah, is. See, I've gone right mm. around. The, you know how I like going around the back doors. That's a straight. Oh, the, let's, let's not go there. This is not the kind of podcast, Paul. This, that's that, for your late night with Paul. <laughs> straight in the tradesman's entrance, that one. Oh, t- <laughs> that is an own, That is a hell of a curveball. <laughs> That really is. I didn't see that one coming at no. all. Good Lord. All right. Um, listen, we've got four questions from Amber's car care. Let's try and uh, narrow these down if we can. Uh, very quickly, short answers only. Okay. What car is your favourite to detail and why? My own. My own. Absolutely. 100%. Can't every, be anything else. Every time. What aspect of detailing does it for you the most? Uh, machine polishing has to be. See, for me, it's kind of... Uh, either LSP kind of de- uh, the final flourish on the car, mm. so it's it's whatever it does that finally gives it the cherry on the cake, like you said before. That's it for me. Um, what vehicle have you not detailed but would love to? Ford Capri, Ford Capri, Ford Capri. Somebody give me a Ford Capri so I can detail it. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Um, oh god! It's probably going to be um, there's an RS Turbo around the corner. So I've gone the whole Ford Ooh. route, the whole Ford route, because um, everyone knows. Oh wait, I've Fiesta or Fo- Fiesta or Escort? Escort. Oh, I did love the Fiesta RS Turbo as well. Mm, I'd love to get my hands on that, but they are a bit. F- they're very finicky because they've got lots of trims on them, and you know, yeah. and anything old, anything classic, which might surprise people because they're they're a pain in the backside to do. To be honest with you, I thought you were going to say it's not surprising because you're old and classic. <laughs> I keep telling you, there's a lot of women out there that find old ball people with glasses that look like Harry Hill very, very attractive. <laughs> yeah, you I, keep telling me this, but I've yet to find one. <laughs> they will be released from the homes on Monday. <laughs> D- day release, uh, most. Day release, most of all. them. Yeah. <laughs> um, the final question she says is how many detailing innuendos can you both come up with this is your forte Paul this is yours I can't steal any uh, of yours I've actually the, the ones that I pick up from you are things like you got to make sure your flaps are clean yeah there's that one and um, your whole double usage of your wheel woolies in your wheels and stuff I've actually been pulled up on that somebody said to me on you, the YouTube comments they said um Come on, Paul! Enough, enough of the the double hole action, and um, <laughs> so that that might want. I think that's going to be put to bed for a little while, but there will be some more coming. I can assure you. I mean, not so many. Oh, words. Not, not not literally, but you know, there will be some more. <laughs> um, there's there's loads there's loads in in the vault of filth. <laughs> yeah, you were also using it earlier like uh, you know that's going right in the tradesmen's and so on so you know I well, think anyone just has to watch any of your videos and and they'll see them at some point coming out. Yeah, the, it, um, to be honest, um, I'm, it's a good job I don't do voiceovers when I've had a drink because I literally <laughs> would be kicked off YouTube. I know. We, we had that uh, chat last week 
on uh, Instagram, and that was Fifth. one of the funniest and cringiest things <laughs> we've ever done, I think. <laughs> I, yeah, I did regret some of those comments. Um, I think it went downhill when C. Vicky came on. Um, if anyone doesn't know who C. Vicky is, she's um, a YouTuber. Uh, I think it's a fellow YouTuber. She's not because she's obviously female. Um, she's a very... I noticed that you still can't actually say her name. You always what? call her C. Vicky. It's it's like a civic. C. Vicky. Yes. You, <laughs> See, people I'm, have been messaging me about that. People were t- selling... Ten- I'll start that again. People were sending me messages about that saying, I've noticed that Paul still can't say Vicky's name. What's going on? It's Sir Vicky. No. And you've always called her C. Vicky. <laughs> I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. I go the whole Scottish... You're always drunk. No. I go... <laughs> I've, I've gone the Billy Colony route. I've gone the Scottish route. Because when you See think you, of... Jimmy. There you go. See? So I always thought she was called C. Vicky because that people are going, you see Vicky over there? <laughs> she, she's got a Honda. She's got a I Honda. I think that's a cop out. That is. I think that's a cop out. <laughs> it took me six months to say SGCBUK. That's. A, I think that's only the second time you've ever been able to say that, and that was just the one I was going to bring up. Is yeah. that you can never get them in the right order? SGCB. I had someone with typo dyslexia. They sent me a message. They said. S-C-S, I said, everything was back to front, everything, <laughs> completely, and I said, oh, you mean this, and they were like, oh, yeah, that's him. <laughs> Wait, so you understood it? <laughs> yeah, I've got, I've got, a lot. I've got all sorts of, yeah, issues, yeah, and one of them is yeah. that, one of them is that. Stu Preston, lovely Stu Preston, the music man, asks, is it true that you, you and Specky were separated at birth? All I can say is, if you've ever seen the film Twins with Arnold Schwarzenegger and Danny DeVito, that's basically us. He's the big, tall, lanky, strong man, and I'm the runt of the litter. If that were the case, that would be us. That film would definitely represent us, for sure. It's a, it's a good job your mic works, because you just said runt of litter, and I thought you said something else. <laughs> Let's not go there. <laughs> um... Tranquility-based detailing, Luke and Michael say, which one single step in detailing brings you the most enjoyment? We kind of had that before, but yeah, for me, it's the the cherry on the cake at the end, the LSP and the dressing before you walk away and then turn around and go, wow, look at my own work. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think we've we've had that one. And by the way, yeah. um, for those of you who don't know who Luke and Michael are, uh, go and check out their YouTube channel. Uh, Luke's been doing videos for quite some time now. Luke at Tranquility Based Detail. I've met both those two at Waxstock. They are really, really nice guys. And uh, go, I hope I was really hoping to meet up with with Luke because I knew of him from his channel before Waxstock, and we never got a chance to meet up. Yeah. Um, I didn't even know he knew who I was at the time. We were really hoping for that. Hopefully, that will happen this year, but we just have to keep our fingers crossed here. Absolutely. Um, Look forward to that. Right, let's see. All right, Kieran McCotter asks, uh, how do you both address the problem of tar removal from external plastic trim? Ooh. Um, Pretty much the way I do any kind of tar removal, except I don't spray a tar remover directly onto the plastic trim. I just spray it onto a microfiber and then wipe it over and then make sure to get something on afterwards to neutralize it, whether it's just water or sometimes a snow foam again, just to neutralize it. Yeah, pretty much the same as me. I always, I always preload a microfiber with tar remover anyway, yeah. just just to up the, up the game uh, because tar removers seem to be um, 
very weak these days. Even TARDIS is not as strong as it used to be. Um, still has the same nasty nift to it, but it's certainly not as powerful as it used to be, which is very strange, but... I haven't really run into any issues with TARDIS. I still like using TARDIS. That and AM TAR, they're both really good products. Yes, I agree. Um, I think this one's more for you, I think, Paul, here from Mr. J.D. Harrington. He says, What were your reasons for concentrating mainly on exterior detailing rather than an even split on your videos with interior detailing? Is it a case of filming issues, time, or just less passion about the inside? Um, I'll go with the... It's basically filming. Uh, They are a nightmare to film, uh, especially using a DSLR camera. Now, my camera, for some reason, one thing you always need is maximum amount of light when you're filming the interior. You need huge amounts of light. Now, on a dull day, you're going to have to use LED lights. They're a pain in the backside to mount. When you do anything in the footwell, I use my camera slider with another attachment and then I fix the camera at a certain angle. And sometimes when I'm in the footwell cleaning out the actual footwell itself, the camera will misfocus. It'll just completely miss it. The other thing is, is view counts. Now, that might sound strange that you probably get people that go, oh, I love doing, you know, I love seeing interior videos. I've done a few of them. Um, I wouldn't say, I'll say, yeah, I don't do that many. I do enjoy doing interior detailing, but I don't enjoy doing the filming. I hate it. It's an absolute pain in the posterior. I've got one coming up with the um, the shop vac review. Oh, but, yeah. But it's it's more a case. I actually, I've told you before, I actually don't mind doing interiors as, yeah. a, as a task, but I hate filming them. Absolutely hate filming them. They're a real ball lake. The easiest way to do it would be to cut the roof off and weld it back on. Yeah, I know what you mean. I guess it would be easier to do a convertible, convertible interior. Oh, you know, yes. That would be the way to do it. But I think, uh, you know, for me personally, I hate doing interiors. I just, I they're the, the least enjoyable of any job for me. I just can't ever stand doing them. Uh, that's why I've never really filmed any interior stuff. It's only really been like the dashboard if I happen to have a, a dash dressing of some sort or a dash cleanser. And then maybe some some interior as far as the seats are concerned, you know, a nice fabric upholstery cleaner, but just to show the before and after and everything else, I just like you, the the filming of it would be just as disappointing as the doing of the job in the first place. I really don't like doing interiors, but that's not to say that I don't like a clean interior because I love a clean interior. And if I have to do an interior job, I'll be delighted at the end of it, but I just didn't enjoy doing the process. No, no, they're an absolute nightmare to, uh, the logistics of filming them is just a pain in the backside and not really worth the video, to, to be honest, unless that's a really minging interior, like you see on YouTube a lot. And they all seem to be the same format, you know. They pre-spray the oh, carpets, yeah. come out with a drill brush, out comes the blimmin' wet vac, sucks it all up, and I don't even watch them anymore because I find them quite boring, um, to be yeah, honest Yeah, well, with that's you. it. It's all the same stuff at the end of the day, isn't it? It you know, is, yeah. People love... think People really do love... A nice 50-50, a turnaround, you know, it used to look like this and now it looks like that. That's fantastic. That's what we all like. Yeah. Uh, so I, I know where they're coming from and why these videos are still popular, but for me and you, it's not really a thing. No. We're going to move to the last question here, and this one is an absolute corker. Have you ever, this is from Joseph Cool, by the way, he says, have either of you used an Eastern European hand car wash? Go ahead, Paul. <laughs> I, well, I'll give you a clue. I haven't. 
<laughs> but I know someone that has. And he's really? Not, yes, and he's not too far away. I think you better explain what happened <laughs> very quickly before they all throw their phones across the workshops or throw them down the <laughs> toilet and go, that's it. That's why we're leaving... That's why we're leaving this question to the end. <laughs> people, people, All right. people across the world just gone mute. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they were just that's it. End of. No thanks. All right. Okay, I'm going to explain myself because uh, I have to. It's it's fair point. All right. So for those of you who follow me on Instagram and YouTube and so on, you will know that I changed my car recently. I uh, used to have a little Kia Rio, lovely little car that it was, although it was rusty and horrible and needed to go to make way for my new Fiesta. Now, I cleaned out the interior of that car and I made sure there were no stains on the seats and I made sure the carpets were all cleaned and everything. And it was all looking very, very nice. But I didn't bother with the exterior. I was getting closer and closer to the time when I was going to be picking up the new car. And I spoke to Natalie, so I'm going to blame Natalie, my, my girlfriend here, right? And she basically said, just take it to a car wash when we get there. You know, <gasps> there's, there's going to be pl- plenty of car washes there. Just take it to one of those. What Do you think that this dealer is really going to care that much? They've already agreed on what price they're going to be paying for the car. So they really don't care much about what it's going to look like because they'll take care of it. And I said, I know, but I, I just feel like I have to do something to the car to make it look a little bit clean and shiny and not make it look like I've just driven it, you know, through snow and sleet and mud and, and gone off-roading in a field. So I said, fine, okay, let's do it. Let's look for a, an automated car wash. Couldn't find one where we were, but driving up the road near where the dealership was, we found one of these Eastern European hand car washes. And uh, as Paul already knows, I was filming it. Uh, I, I recorded a little video while it was happening and sent it to Paul, and I said, I know this is really shameful, but you've got to see this. And honestly, they didn't do like a super duper bad job, but they also basically used the same sponge to clean the bodywork, the wheels, the exhausts, you know, (laughs) absolutely everything. (laughs) And the same thing happened with my little Rio. I just didn't care. It was four pounds. It made sure that the car was going to look a little bit nicer and cleaner before I handed it over. And I just did it for the convenience, knowing that I would never have to see that car again or have to deal with that car again. So I apologize to anyone who feels in any way perturbed by such a thing or offended in any way. I do apologize for that. But, you know, I was basically saying I'm never going to see you again. So you can kind of have whatever kind of treatment you want. The only <laughs> the only upside to that story is someone in the Aberdeenshire area, is now the proud owner of a Back to the Future DeLorean <laughs> Rio because they've gone because the, it's now it's now that's a bare metal. <laughs> wow, look at that! That's a Rio DeLorean Rio. A Delorio. <laughs> oh, Delorio! Yeah, that, it now just looks like it's been wrapped in bico foil. <laughs> that's the same texture as you well. Funny, funny enough. It didn't look bad. I even put a picture of it on Instagram and people were like, oh, it's a shame the car's going. You know, <laughs> they didn't yeah. know what it had just been subjected to. <laughs> yeah, you took, you took the photo from 10 miles away up, up, up on a hillside. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> Look at that. Zoom in, you can't see a yeah. damn thing. <laughs> oh, it's a, shame, it's a shame in the distance my car's going. Oh, what a shame. 
I could just about make it out on the horizon. Bye. <laughs> up, the, up the road. Off, <laughs> off into the sunset. <laughs> oh, dear. Okay. Right, are we going to do this uh, giveaway? How are we going to do this giveaway? Um, right, okay. So, as this is the first Maiden podcast, and if those of you are still with us and you haven't gone into the bathroom to end it all because you're just so, <laughs> so disgusted or you've reached for the meths and not the vodka, um, and you're still with us, <laughs> we have a... I have to say it's very, very carefully. Analan, not as a... <laughs> yes, they're not pronounced Analan. That's something completely different. That's from I, a very different catalogue. You didn't Analan, have to say it like that. I didn't, but it came out. Pet, <laughs> min, mini pet hair detailer, which you might have seen on my Instagram post because I've been giving those away. I think I've got mm, maybe three left, two left. Um, we'll be giving one of those away and also... You can say this, the tire scrubbing brush. Who's it from? Oh, you mean the one that you can't pronounce? SGCB UK. That as well. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, I'll be perfectly honest for a moment here. I've got that tire brush. I bought it myself with my own money, and it's yeah. a cracking brush. I bought two of them. I've bought one for YouTube and one to give away on this podcast. Okay, so that's that's the giveaway. Now, what are the rules for this? Okay, the rules are going to be that we're going to have have you guys uh, share on your Instagram or if you really want Twitter, because we do get on Twitter from time to time. But realistically, Instagram is our social media of choice. We would like you guys, if you want a chance to win this, to either post a screenshot of yourselves listening to our podcast on whatever podcast platform you choose to listen on. Or a selfie of yourself listening to us, and you've got to use the hashtag Specky and Paul using the words, not the ampersand thing, but Specky and Paul. If you use that hashtag in your post, and to make it easier for us to spot it, if you can tag one of us or both of us, if you can, either at Specky McSporin or at Paul underscore details. No, what is it? Paul underscore Dolden underscore details. That's it. That's it. Yeah. There you go. So that- tag both of us if you can and use the hashtag Specky and Paul. And we will then on the next episode, make sure that we do a little randomizer to find out the winner and we'll announce the name on the next episode. So if you want to be in with a chance to win an Analan pet hair brush and an SGCB UK wheel brush, not a wheel brush, a tire scrubbing brush, then make sure you follow those rules. And that is limited to the UK, Scotland and Wales only, would you say? I would say to mainland UK and Northern Ireland. Uh, just keep in mind, if you are in Northern Ireland, with everything going on right now, postage is a little bit slow. But we'll say that anywhere on the UK mainland and Northern Ireland and I guess any of the, the... Basically anything that's Great Britain. We'll just stick to that. Anywhere that's Great Britain that we can stick a stamp on it and send it off. Excellent. All right, brilliant stuff. Good luck, everybody. Well, there you go. That is, yes, good luck to everyone. And thank you all very much for tuning in to this. Thank you for all of the uh, good luck messages that we've been receiving about this. It seems that a lot of the Instagram community has been very, very excited to receive this podcast. So we hope you all have enjoyed it. Please go ahead and share it if you've liked it. Give us some feedback. Let us know what you thought about it. We've, well, I don't know about we, but I've very much enjoyed doing this, Paul. Oh, yeah. I've, I've, well, we've wanted to do this for a long, long time because... Oh, we, we, it's been we, in the works for so long. Yeah, we both can talk for England and Scotland, to be honest with you. Um, and this is yep. uh, 
Just a different way of reaching out to people. Not everyone has got time to watch YouTube. Let's be honest with you. Um, but if they're doing a car, they're doing their garden, they're they're sitting there and they're other half watching Coronation Street or EastEnders and then they want to listen to something half entertaining and feel like they've had enough and want to end it all, then listen to us. <laughs> yeah, you had you had to bring it down there at the very end, didn't you, Paul? Thanks for that. Great job. <laughs> <laughs> we love anyway, you all. Uh, we love you all. Yes. Thank you all very much for listening. It's been really good fun. Uh, we hope you've enjoyed it. We will see you in the next episode. Keep an eye on our Instagram feeds. We'll let you know when the next one is due to go live. In the meantime, I've been Specky. And I've been Paul. Thank you very much. And we'll catch you in the next one. Bye. Take care. Ta-da!